Your Pal is Craig and Lucky, and our Dr. Pally. It's Dr. Tony Stone, Chief of Staff at Lake Ridge Health. He joins us once again. Good morning, Doctor. Good morning. How are you doing? This is, hang on. This is, this is Craig. This is Craig, and Lucky's <laughs> standing by here as well. How are you, sir? I'm fine. I'm fine, Craig. Nice to talk to you guys again. Uh, great to talk to you as well, sir. And uh, and Dr. Stone, if we could start uh, with an update, because hopefully we're at the crest of the third wave, but we can certainly see by the numbers that we're in it right now. Active cases, 2,553 in Durham. But more importantly, a couple of record numbers coming from people in hospital with over 80 and 34 in the ICU in Durham. Uh, are we at that dire state now? Um, we are uh, really, um, this is an enormous pressure on the health system in Ontario and here in Durham throughout the lake, our Lake Ridge system. Uh, and what I would say is, um, you know, uh, two things. First of all, the test positivity rate in the community is an important signal of what's coming into the hospital. Uh, as, as you can imagine, many people, they don't get tested early on with symptoms. Uh, but it often takes 7 to 14 days for people to become uh, sick enough, those who are going to get severe illness, to leave the hospital. So, you know, what, if, if, the, if the signal uh, in the next few days is that, is that we're cresting, that's a relief. Uh, the hospital will continue to see a big rise in numbers in the next, in the next few weeks. Uh, we, we know it's coming, and that's what we're trying to prepare for. Now, in terms of where are we today, so... Um, uh, we are. We had we had um, over 80 COVID positives a couple weeks ago. But we're part of an incident management system in uh, across southern Ontario, and we're connected to the one that goes from here through Ottawa. So where in wave one and two, we were an important part of relieving the pressures uh, in Toronto, and we've taken I think roughly 30 patients uh, into Lake Ridge to help our um, our sister regional hospitals. Uh, now we are a hospital in need, and so we've already transferred out um, around 40 COVID patients to different hospitals uh, further east, and that includes hospitals, um, uh, quite a few in Kingston, uh, Peterborough, and then a number of other hospitals as well. And the, the bottom line is these are these are uh, great institutions; they're able to deliver excellent care, but we need help. Uh, I'll just add a bit more to uh, for the listeners. First of all. Just since April 1, we've had 50, over 51. I don't know. This was this was as of yesterday morning. We've had 51 ICU admits into our Lake Ridge system of people with COVID. We've had we've had a far larger number of medical admits. This morning, with all the transfers out, I think we still have 72 COVID patients in our hospital, and uh, we expect that uh, these numbers are going to climb quite a bit. We just we had we got data uh, yesterday that showed how many positive tests were there in Durham region between April 13th and 19th, at least uh, tests that were done at our COVID assessment centers. We don't have all the results because we don't have access to everything, but this tells the story. And um, in our COVID assessment centers, 25% of all the testing done was positive for COVID, one in four people. That's um, 1,772 uh, uh, residents of Durham. And now what we are trying to sort out is, well, what, does, what will this translate into in the next few weeks in terms of ICU and inpatient admits? So that's a reality. Uh, what we've been doing in the meantime is we are um, uh, curtailing all kinds of activity as we did in wave one, coming back on uh, non-emergent, non-urgent services, uh, including surgeries, uh, diagnostic imaging, blood tests, rehab, other outpatient things. 
Uh, we've um, shifted the obstetrical uh, patients from Port Perry to Oshawa for a short period of time so we can actually put uh, more patients in Port Perry, acute medical patients. Um, we have also shifted some of our mental health patients from our Ajax Pickering um, location to Ontario Shores. And we're going to continue, we're doing a ton of other work in, uh, internally creating units to care for patients. We, the, the, the biggest challenge, frankly, is um, redeploying staff. As you guys know, our staff has been uh, working incredibly hard and tirelessly for 13 months now. And uh, what has to happen with this, with this surge in the third wave is we, we have to um, readjust and redeploy staff so that we, we have enough staff to care for uh, critically ill patients and to care for COVID medical patients. It's an enormous effort. And uh, every day now, our, our teams are spending hours trying to work through these details. Doctor, it's very eye-opening when you share those numbers with us because for those of us who haven't uh, had the need to go to the hospital, thankfully haven't had family members who have need to go, we, we don't see it. We drive by it, but we don't see it. We hear about it, but when you lay it out like that, it is truly shocking. And it's not just, we're at a stage now with the variants, I would assume, that our biggest concern for the longest time was seniors. And so we just all thought, stay away from the seniors, get them vaccinated, and we'll be fine. But now it's all age ranges you're seeing in the hospital, yes? It's true, and um, and there's a, and if, if in our own data, we've watched that progr- uh, progressively in terms of medical inpatients, the average age is getting younger and younger, particularly in the last um, three to four months. So more than half of our COVID patients in hospital are under the age of 60. Many of them have no other medical conditions, uh, and then we have patients in their 30s and 40s uh, with COVID who need to be hospitalized. So the variants really, um, not only are they more easily transmitted, but they, they cause more severe illness. And it's just important for um, everyone to understand, you know, this reality. Over 80% of um, the cases in Durham are the variants, and, and most of it is the B117, that's the UK variant. Uh, we do know that uh, the vaccines do um, work against that variant very well. You know, notwithstanding all of the conversations that everyone's having about vaccines, what I can tell you is all of the vaccines that are approved here, they all dramatically reduce um, rate of hospitalization if you should get COVID. So it more likely turns, you know, if you, I think 70% or 80% will get no symptoms if you get COVID. The remainder will get more like a COVID cold. Uh, and uh, really only a very small number will require hospitalization. I think it's important for folks to know that. Yeah, as we as we talk about vaccinations, you say the number of or the age range of people getting into hospital is going lower. So is the age range of people eligible for vaccines now. And uh, as uh, as we talk about AstraZeneca and there's been a lot of hesitancy towards that, what advice do you give patients uh, about that AstraZeneca vaccine? Yeah, um, I, I completely understand the anxiety. You know, what, you, what we see in the media um, would create fear and, and concern in anybody. Um, and I think it is about, about getting the best information you can. So please contact your health provider. I'll just give you a, a sort of at a high level. There's a, there's a special type of clot that occurs in a small number uh, of folks who are vaccinated with the AZ. Um, and it's estimated to be about four or five out of a million vaccines. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it's, it affects younger people more. It affects um, younger women more. 
And so, so that type, that's a special type of bug thought, four to five per million. Spontaneously, uh, in the community every year, roughly one in a thousand people will get it, will get a clot in their leg or in their lung. If you get COVID and you're sick enough for the ICU, your risk of getting a blood clot is one in five. Mm. So, um, it really is about trying to, uh, contextualize risk. And with COVID this rampant, you know, um, you have to decide, and people need to really get good information from their providers. There's a five in a million risk you could get um, a clot from that vaccine. But then if you get sick and you're in hospital, your risk of clotting is so much higher. And so many people have, you know, trying to decide, well, do I wait for Pfizer? Do we wait for Johnson & Johnson? And, and I think the message is no. Get out there and get your shot because right now there's just so many people at risk and those numbers continue to climb the hospital just must feel like you're totally under siege right now. I, I really encourage people to do that. And, you know, uh, if, if you are not sure about your decision, please contact your health provider and talk it through. They'll give you all, they'll give you all the information so you can make, I, I'm going to say, a really thoughtful decision. Because if you're going to wait and you're not going to get the vaccine, what's critical is that, is that we are really good at minimizing our contacts with, with each other. Stick to our own household. That's really how we're gonna we're gonna you know flatten that curve and then bring it down. And doing the things we really don't want to do, uh, and that is about how we mix with each other in in the indoor environment. Right, right. And 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 I guess one of the things that people have to remember too is ICU is a very special place where the people who work in there are highly trained. And usually, I believe it's one nurse to one patient. And so that number must be right off the scales now. Yeah, what we had to do is, is with the volumes going up, we, we shifted to something called te- a teams-based uh, care environment. So um, a single um, skilled critical care nurse is having other adjunct nurses who are also very skilled. And we also have RTs. Of course, we have the intensive intensive care physician. Um, but what we're doing is we're bringing other, other um, staff into the unit who weren't specifically necessarily trained to do ICU. But they, but they're all strong, you know, uh, clinicians, and we're training them to be supportive. So, so you know, it makes perfect sense that with this huge surge of activity, what we have to do is to adjust our whole staffing strategy so we can deliver care to people who need it. The thing that we, you know, that we need to do uh, in Ontario is to make sure we find beds for every single person who needs an ICU bed or a medical bed. Doctor, we've had a couple of questions from uh, from listeners come in, and they've wanted to know about uh, possible reactions to the flu shot. Uh, if you had a reaction to the flu shot, would you have one to a COVID vaccine? And then also a question about whether or not uh, people, are, will there be a priority for in Durham for uh, pregnant women to get the vaccine as well? Right. So with respect to the, uh, if you've had a reaction to the flu shot, does that translate into reaction to the COVID vaccine? The answer is no. It's, it's a clear no. Uh, with respect to um, uh, uh, women uh, who are pregnant, we know that women who are pregnant uh, have a higher risk of severe illness. It's up to five times higher. Now, you know that uh, the, the, all the preliminary research did not include women uh, who are pregnant, uh, but two things have happened. Number one, there's there's emerging data that, that shows that the vaccine is safe in pregnancy. Um, and so uh, all the guidelines now say that um, preg- uh, women who are pregnant should be offered the vaccine. I really think that what, what we're expecting to see from 
our national um, organization on immunization is to declare new statements about that in the coming days or weeks. Um, and I would really, really encourage women who are pregnant with doctor or physician. Uh, we, they are um, a higher risk group among other high risk groups. And, and doctor, we should, I guess, also make aware to people that when you do get your shot, that doesn't mean it's masks off and running around like life is normal again. We got to keep and probably will be and have to understand we're going to be living like this for a good chunk of this year still, I think. Yeah, you know, it's it, it's it's true and, and it's exhausting. So first of all, just re- a reminder that when you get your vaccine, it takes a good two to three weeks for your immune system to respond and build the antibodies. So uh, what we what we do see is we still see some cases uh, of folks getting COVID within the two weeks after they've had their vaccine. So please re- be, uh, remember that. Secondly, um, uh, you know, you will see the, the data, the real world data showing that there's still a percentage of people, maybe 20% or so, uh, maybe 30, who will get mild symptoms. And so the research, the research is really just um, underway now to understand how infectious are those folks. In general, some of the early data says you're less infectious, but doesn't mean you're not infectious. And uh, that means you could get this. You could you could get the virus even if you have a lower version and give it to other people. Uh, we absolutely need to continue with all those measures that, uh, like the distancing, the masking, our hand hygiene. They're just it's part of our lives for months to come. And uh, if we if if we like once the vaccines really roll out here in Ontario and in Canada, if you take a look at other areas of the world uh, that are that are a little bit ahead of us. We're starting to watch that those places are opening up and they're doing it safely, which is what we're all hoping for. Okay, everybody, get the vaccine. Get the flipping vaccine. (laughs) We can't say it enough. Okay, doctor, uh, once again, as we always say, and this time more than ever, uh, our hearts go out to the uh, people, the frontline workers. You guys are, you signed up to be doctors and nurses, but you didn't sign up for this. So uh, we uh, we appreciate and uh, respect and uh, love you guys for everything you're doing. Hey, uh, Craig, thanks. Lucky, thanks very much, guys. Cheers. Cheers. There he is. Ooh, I almost got emotional there. <laughs> What's this feeling I have? <laughs> my heart just grew. I didn't even know I had one. Oh, my goodness. You better get checked out.